Most people don't think that there is a night culture in Ireland, that people do work at night time. And the normal day people have absolutely no concept. And there's another life, total another life there, another culture, as I said. Okay, we have some points there. Put your phone up. Yeah, We've just come back from uh, a fire in a flat in St Andrew's Court on Fenian Street. The uh, living room in the flat was on fire. We, uh, because we were operating the turntable ladder, we weren't required after the initial rescue was carried out, so we returned. The other lads are still down there. Uh, the fire is basically out and the people are out of the flat. press is running at 38,000 copies per hour, which works out roughly at about 10 full newspapers per second, which is a hell of a lot of newspapers. I would print maybe 100, up to 120,000 papers, and I could tell you where there was photographs on different pages or with the colour and all that, but I would not have any idea of the content of the paper. Uh, I don't read the paper until I go home because I find that if, years ago I found that if you allowed yourself to be distracted, you wouldn't get the quality because your eye would be taken away from what you're actually supposed to be doing, producing a quality print. Okay, 
Coming in at night, uh, it does upset me when I see everybody else going out and enjoying themselves and I'm going into work. Now, I find that... I, I can't explain it, but I just it upsets me for some unknown reason, you know, that I should be going to bed or I should be doing something else, not going into work. Everybody else is going out to, you know, to enjoy themselves. And that's what I find very difficult to accept. Well, Cassie, can I help you? Does this pain now, does it make you come out in a cold sweat? A clammy, cold sweat. Would you go pale and cold and clammy? Usually people that attend at this hour of the night are fairly sick people. Um, after 11 o'clock, particularly on the weekends, and that you tend to get a lot of the drunks and that. But, I mean, just looking around the casualty department, you can see like there's nobody very obviously drunk, like causing a lot of trouble. We have security here, which, you know, help help us a good bit with the males, you know, their calming influence on them. I mean, everyone that's here now is very sick and needs monitoring. You can see just the trolleys there on the corridors, just that we can keep an eye on them so we don't have enough cubicles to put everybody in, you know. There's one staff nurse in charge and the rest of us then sort of do whatever when we're free. I'm in charge of recess tonight, so anything that comes in there is my responsibility with either one of the casualty officers... Sometimes we would call him the registrar, which we had to do tonight. He would come in from home and the anaesthetist who would be on call to the casualty department. I work seven nights on, uh, started at quarter to nine and finished about quarter past eight in the morning. I find the hours very long, very draining. Towards the end of the week you're very, very tired. You're emotionally tired as well as, well as being physically tired. Um, like I'm married, but you find you don't really have any family life, you know, especially if you both work shifts sort of leave a note say see you Tuesday morning or whatever you know I mean any of the girls here will tell you like their husbands ring around 11 or 12 to see how are you and what do you want done tomorrow you know which is the case a lot of the time and especially you know people with children that's a bit difficult to work in these hours you spend the day sleeping really because if you don't you're just so wrecked at night you're not able to cope with it We serve us over 200 buses here at night time we have a staff of 17 on any given night to clean the buses. Uh, basically, the buses are shunted round, they're vacuumed, fueled, oil and watered, and washed and parked, ready for them going out the next morning. Our travelling public is uh, filthy. Well, if you're coming home after a few drinks at night and you're travelling the last bus home, you get your fish and chips and you're on the bus, you're finished eating them, where do you drop them? On the floor of the bus. We used to have a problem years ago with cigarette packages, but we don't have that anymore, saying smoking is banned on buses. We should ban eating as well, unfortunately. We have a man here that's his job is cleans the soils at night time, a job I wouldn't like. And he does that, and a few other jobs as well, but basically that's it. I mean, sometimes at the weekend, so during the week now you might have five. Uh, people getting sick on buses. At the weekend he could have 25. Not a nice, not a nice job. It's a job I would fancy doing myself.
lot of people uh, who have been working, say, in newspapers or working at night in late night places or in the media, and they come in, come in on their own and they sit there, but they know somebody in half an hour, an hour, or we know them, we sit and talk to them. You know, like it's very, but there, it is a lonely time, and you see. Some nights you're up on the door and you're watching the same people are walking around on their own night after night. I think you see a very cross-section of everybody, at their best and at their worst. And an awful lot of the people in the clubs will sit and listen. And it's like half the time, you know the way it used to be, the hairdresser heard all the problems, but now and there, I mean, I hear stories from one end of the week to the other, or what did I do, or their girlfriend, or their wives, or their husbands, or boyfriends, whatever. Simon community visits every uh, night. Um, we usually have a gathering of about uh, anything up to 30 people. Tonight was a small enough crowd, given the fact that it's uh, it's quite cold. The next person we're going to visit is a gentleman who's been sleeping on the streets for about 23 years. Um, a lot of the time he spent in London um, for. 17 or 18 years and he's back now five or six years I have a blanket I have a little radio uh, I, have a, I have a nice sleeping bag now but there was a time when I just had a paper under me meet me when I was in London and that just be cold and uh, you know sometimes but I get just annoyed with, with the UPs you know coming out the uh, discos and the Debs and that, you know, and uh, they, they're really a nuisance, uh, annoying me every every weekend, mostly every weekend. Well, they come up here uh, many occasions and they threw my blankets down on this and threw them on the railings and, and they called me uh, a tramp and uh, just sat in the steps talking out loud and laughing out loud. That goes on till about four o'clock in the morning. Nighttime work takes out your whole day. You work during the night, you go home whatever time you get home, but I get home at what, half seven, eight in the morning. You're usually wired to the moon for an hour or so, so you're not getting to bed before nine. Whenever you get up in the afternoon or, e late, or early evening, you get up, you're wandering, stumbling over the furniture. You may eat, you may not. I personally force myself to eat, even though I don't feel like eating a lot of the time. That's one of the big problems about night work. But you're hanging around, waiting to go back to work again. Eating. That drives me mad, because when you get up, you know, it's dinner time, when it's breakfast for me, you know, it would be breakfast time or not. 
you know, you get up and you, you, you'd expect to, you know, have a, a breakfast, but you, you'd have a, a, f- a full dinner, like, you know, you'd have to try stomach it, you know. And then, like, even going in, like, sometimes if you bring in a lunch, you know, you don't be in the humour at all for it, like, you know. Or uh, you're going home in the morning. It's just, it reminds me of being jet-lagged all the time, in the morning time, around five or six, and you've another three hours still to go. I had an experience years ago on nights when my family were very small and uh, the job I was working in another newspaper, we were having terrible problems with the press and myself and my friend went nearly uh, 30 hours right through without any sleep or whatever and uh, got the machine sorted out, fixed up and everything. So. I got home eventually and I was asleep about four hours and my five-year-old daughter came in and woke me up on her way out to school after about two hours sleep and I said, Jesus Louise, what are you waking me up for? You know I've only just gone to bed, but Dad, I haven't seen you. I just want to say hello and all of a sudden I said, Jesus, what's, there's something wrong here. You know, that uh, and so from then on that sort of woke me up like, you know, I said, right. Uh, in future, there's no way I was going to work hours like that. Well, you've no social life, you know, in regards to working on nights. You know, you can't plan anything. You can't plan to go out for an evening with your wife or any of your family or all because you've still the face coming into work, you know. So that end of it, like, is out. And, like, working nights, you have to get so many hours sleep a day. So when you go in the morning, like, unless you get to bed, it's going to catch up on you before you go back in that evening. You know, it's a really a bed-to-work job, you know. So, you know, it's not the best of us job nights. This is part of the dawn chorus. Well, <laughs> here they are, the rolls of butter. They say all babies are alike. Have a look at them there now, and I think you'll see that they're totally different. A typical little girl there with her gorgeous cardigan. This is a real little fellow, a real little tough guy. They're totally different. They're not all that hungry now. They just sort of cry for... A little bit of attention and a little cotton. These are the newer babies in here. The nurses sort of work in the two rooms, uh, but they keep the newer ones quite near them. And this is a brand new baby now, just down. Um, When they're born, we don't plunge them into water and bath them. We just sort of clean them off, um, wrap them up, keep them nice and warm. When they arrive down here, they come down in their little bassinets on a rolling uh, cot. They just changed over. Nurse is dressing it up now, putting on its first suit that it's ever worn. All right, well, it's four o'clock in the morning, and this baby's just arrived down from the labour ward. All right, so it just has to be dressed up and have a little feed and leave it to settle and rest after its journey here. And um, the other babies, we're just feeding them as they're waking up crying, keeping them happy. Changing them. That's what it is all night long. We'll bring the babies in here, mainly because there are a, a number of mothers in the ward 
Well, the mothers wander down and say if they get up and go to the toilet at night time, they'll wander down and come in and see their baby or sometimes they might recognise their own baby cry and they'll come down to it. Um, at this particular time, the mothers are all fast asleep, so at about four in the morning, you try not to waken them. They're having their sleep. The babies will go home with them. There's plenty of time to get up to their own baby each night that they're at home, whereas they only stay in for about three days, four days on the whole, uh, with normal deliveries. With the result, we try and give them as much rest as possible. listen to at night and you've got to be very careful what you say years ago I used to say things like um, to me it was hysterically funny but I'd been through my depressed phase um, there was a Leonard Cohen compilation album we released and I said yes and with every copy of this LP you get a free razor blade to slit your wrists afterwards to me it was jokey but this is on air right there was war and the, the head of the Samaritans I think in Dublin was on the phone the next day to the boss Thing. Uh, that's the kind of comment could push someone over the edge. You don't think. Daytime you might get away with that, but nighttime, the three in the morning syndrome, it's the lowest, three to four, half four in the morning, the lowest part of the night in people's metabolism. You say it's something at the wrong time to the wrong person. So you got that kind of responsibility to worry about. suicidal it's very hard to tell but some people have rung me up and it's obviously their last phone call you can't say ring the Samaritans you, you got their last 20 pence with a phone call and uh, the, the, the night that I finally gave up on leaving the lines open uh, a woman rang me when I was doing a three hour show she rang me 15 minutes into the show at about I think it was about quarter past 12 something like that and I finished my show at 3 o'clock still talking to her and I finally got her off the phone at half four in the morning this woman was completely and utterly manically depressed uh, I mean her story was terrifying if you wrote it down no one would believe you this is quite extraordinary um, and I had to try and stop this woman um, going completely barmy she, had, she, she, she wanted someone to talk to simple as that and she had no one and once she found a, a fairly sympathetic ear, um, she really didn't care that I was actually working on a radio show. She talked and talked and talked, and one had to, one had to offer the uh, back chat that she wanted to hear. And uh, it was very hard, uh, but it was the most extreme case I'd had for years. But people get very down at night.
focus point, can I help you? Hello, you're looking for a come? That's right, that's the focus point. Okay, you need somewhere to stay for the night. Can I Generally speaking, um, there are upwards of um, a thousand people homeless on the streets of Dublin most nights. There are about 600 um, beds um, through hostels where, where, where people can go and then the rest okay, of the people end up in some night shelters and derelicts. But it is a case where some people have no home to go to. Um, it's just the reality of the situation. Maria, I'll have to ring around some of the hostels to see if they got a bed for you. Can you hold on there? I'll be as quick as I can and I'll come back and let you know what's happening. Outside a shop all day, you know. They like it off the street as quick as possible. They like to try and get it off the street as, as near to the time as they they put it out. So, worst call here now. It's the uh, best shop West Morris Street. three or four bags there like he it's quick for him to throw it in I just keep pulling forward he do these two next two as well I prefer to deal with shops that have just rubbish out so I prefer not to deal with people at all I just prefer to uh, pull up outside and tip a bin or Tip a couple of bags or whatever's there, and just take it and go, and not to have to, to wait on people, you know. Loneliness is probably the worst aspect of, of uh, the night. Um, the silence of the night, the quietness of the night, no one around, um, he or she is by himself uh, with his or her thoughts, um, no one there to, to stifle those thoughts. And, uh, you know, a feeling of isolation, I imagine, must be the greatest uh, fear. <laughs> The loneliness of people on the street is not the loneliness that we know. It's the loneliness of being the outsider. And the nighttime accentuates that loneliness, that solitariness, um, that being on their own with no one else. Anybody around Martin or Colonel Martin? One night I uh, picked up a couple in Guildford Road in Sandymount. 
and he said to me, will you bring me to the drink link in Sandy Mount, which is the bank link? He, this was one o'clock in the morning. He wanted to get money. He was going into town to have a few jars. So we went to that one, and it didn't work. And he said, look, the one beside McDonald's in O'Connell Street always works, so we'll head for that. He said, I'm going into O'Connell Street anyway. But he said, the chances are you might get a belt of an iron bar. And um, it was a Thursday night, so... We tried one or two others in Westmoreland Street and the Lear Street, and they didn't work. So we headed to um, O'Connell Street and pulled up. He got out and he went over to the machine he was working, and he told the girl in the car to pay me the fare. She paid me the fare, and when I looked, whatever way I swung my head around, there was two guys standing um, at the floozy, and one of them had a knife. It was about, I would say, three and a half inches wide and about eight inches long. And I carry a mobile phone, but I just tipped my horn, called your man back, and I said, look, we were joking about iron bars earlier on, but I said, on your right-hand side, they have knives. Now, I said, I keep the car between you and them. I'm on to the police. And I must say, the response to the police was fantastic. There was a... sounded like a young policeman in control, and he said, you're on a mobile phone. Stay where you are and keep with me and keep me informed. And the guy put the knife in the back of his trousers covered it with his shirt, covered it with his jacket but the police came along and they were able to grab him, they grabbed him before he got to the taxi rank. Is Stretcher okay to Stretcher, just hold on to it now, okay? Derek, mm-hmm. welcome to the empty bomb for EMT, how soon can you do it? Uh, yeah, I'm going straight away. Yeah, the one will call me now. Hello, I'm in service. Okay then. Yeah. Jordan, the city at night time, you have a lot of people on the move. You have um, people going to work, coming from work. Actually, Jordan, the night, like it's not just the ambulance service that's operational, you've guards, nurses, doctors, um, bakers, whatever, petrol companies and whatever. So you've lots of people on the move, you've lots of traffic on the move at night time that the average person wouldn't see, that we would see. And anything can be the cause, people going home tired from work can cause or have an accident. Um, as say children get sick at all times and night, as I'm sure you're aware of. Um, pain seems to come on people a lot worse at night time. Um, during the day everyone's willing to put up with the pain but once it comes night time and they're tired they can't stand the pain so if they get any cramps or stomach aches or whatever they ring for an ambulance and we send out for them and take them to hospital get them checked up Well I'm here to start work at uh, quarter past five to drive the bus bus out of Donnybrook carriage in the morning Quite a few people, you've well, you got some, some COE men and some Dublin bus men but you get quite a lot of um, hotel workers we used to get quite a lot of bakers, but not anymore. There's not many of them around nowadays. Uh, mostly hotel workers. Some people are trying to make connections in town because they're working out the far side of the city. And they had to be in town for about half, about half six to make their connections. Vindy, you'd know them to see, and you know what kind of fare they're paying, you know where they're going and where they're getting off. And you'd be surprised if they weren't there, some of them. If, if, um, if you were passing by a particular bus stop and the person who was usually there wasn't there, you'd be wondering if they were off that day or had they slept it out or so you keep an eye out for some people
the prisoners are brought over here to the reception area and they're all logged in this prisoner's book here searched and uh, just see if they, in case they need any medical attention or anything like that we look after their needs and they're given a cell each given a cell and possibly maybe two or three to a cell and they're bedded down for the night and uh, if they look for a doctor we'll see if it's a genuine claim we'll look after them in that sense well, we don't give them any food. The next time they get anything is at breakfast time at about 8 o'clock in the morning. Well, we have had... Um a few drunken disorderlies, breach of the peace, um, a few burglaries, and uh, criminal damage. Um, gener- generally on that line. That we are more or less city folk now. They, would, they, would, they wouldn't be from the country or anything like that. begin to get terrific activity amongst our geese and our ducks on the lake for example. Our flamingos wake up and start to scrap and squabble a little bit as only flamingos do. Some of our our, our parrots begin to screech and stretch their wings. Our sea lions bark and then on occasions our wolves will howl, our lions will roar. Uh, You'll get the odd sound too of perhaps a peacock waking up and shrieking uh, and then on occasions the male salmon Gibbon will hoot and holler his vocal call, which of course he uses in the forests of Indonesia to tell other Simon Gibbons, this is my area, get out of it, but he will be roaring and screaming as well. So you get an extraordinary range of sounds, but they're all gentle sounds, they're not frightening sounds, and they always seem to be somewhere at a distance. They're not ones that are close by and startling, those are magical sounds. Even in the zoo, the animals go on behaving as they would. They go on in the city, they go on in the suburbs. But, and perhaps people aren't aware that this is going on at all. Delta Alpha to control. Uh, we're going to Ballymun on an inquiry. We're going to Ballymun station for a story. What we were just looking for this morning right, is a, a van belonging to an itinerant that was involved in a traffic accident that we were investigating yesterday afternoon. So we figured the, be- the best time to come out and look in, in the itinerant sites was in the early morning. Now, even though the van is not registered to the person we're looking for, we know it's suspect to him. So um, it was a pretty serious traffic accident. So we're coming out looking to see if the, if the van is in the area this morning. So uh, when we get out, we'll, we'll see if it's there or if it's not. We'll take it from there. Yeah, Delta Alpha One. We're still on that inquiry up in Ballymun, over. Roger, I'll get down to the 
Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my arms for battle, who prepares my hands for war. Blessed be the Lord my rock. Hungla! He is my love, my fortress. He is my stronghold, my refuge. My shield, my place of refuge. He brings peoples under my rule. Blessed be the Lord, my rock. Come on! forces are on standby 24 hours a day and uh, you, you, we've been listening to some of those this morning to you O God will I sing a new song I will play on the ten stringed lute to you who give kings their victory who set David your servant free well here in Dominican Priory in Tala we start our day with morning prayer this morning, on entering the cold chapel, I looked first to the sun, as the pagan does. Not by strict custom, nor by constraint, but because I too, as creature, sense man's primitive emotion, his need to praise. And so, like priest or pagan, According as the sun moves, I perform this ancient ritual. And though not always able to approach, often effaced in light, I stand before this chalice of the morning. I break this ordinary bread as something holy. <laughs> Years and years ago, the I think it was the Dockers that got this special law in that the pubs opened early for them in the morning time. My first experience of that was uh, I think there was a guy new arrival in the family, and we went down to a pub in Parnell's, just off Parnell Square. At uh, half seven in the morning. We finished at half seven and we went down there and it was about ten to eight when we arrived. And I actually saw a guy being thrown out of the pub and I couldn't believe it and went in and it was as if you were walking in like deja vu, you were walking into a pub at night time. The curtains were pulled, the lights were on, the music was going on in the background and it was all this home of people talking where you had people going home from work and also uh, unfortunately you had people that were going to work. Get all sorts of different people coming in, people coming from home, um, people on the road, nothing better to do, coming in drinking early in the morning, um, people on the way to even Bolton Street. Uh, a lot of them drink uh, double vodkas and tonic and doubles at every shore. 
Um, points again, those are points aside. That's it, basically. Very few copy damage. What do we know about the daytime? Very little. Very little about daytime. But uh, night work is... It's, it's, it's a change of life for this, you know, and I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. I missed out my family growing up because of the reason was when I was getting up, they were in bed, and when I was coming in the morning, they were going to school. So I missed out on a, an awful lot there, like, you know. The only time you'd see them when you'd be off the two nights. So in the 19 years that I'm, I'm, I'm doing night work, I missed out on all that I did, you know. So... I wouldn't recommend it to anybody anyway, night work. It's a wasted life for this. You know, because you're, you, come, you come in one day and you're going home, it's the next day. So you're, you're actually walking two days, one after the other, you know.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.